All right, guys, get your balloons, your streamers out. I am breaking down snippets from the top 10 episodes and organizing them by our Maximize Practitioner Method pillars. So this episode is all about foundational experience. Stay tuned. I'm Andrea Maxim, and this is the Profitable Practice Podcast, made for practitioners who are ready to build a six-figure practice with a million-dollar impact that also lets you close your laptop and be present with your family anytime you want to. Together, we will challenge the antiquated ways of running a practice. We'll merge our brick and mortar online and build, systemize, and grow as maximized practitioners. Welcome to the podcast. Hey guys, we did it. We made it to this amazing milestone on the podcast. I could not have done it without you. We are officially at episode 200. And rarely do I celebrate these major milestones. Usually I'm just like, oh yeah, that was cool. So I was so happy to be able to celebrate this for an entire month with you guys, bring you along the journey, sharing in my stories, doing fun little quizzes, and I'm just like so amazed, I'm so proud, I'm so happy to be here. So happy dance on my end, happy dance on your end, do a little shimmy in your car, or if you're walking listening to this, just give me a little kind of like, um, yeah, a little shimmy, a little, little bum wiggle, just so I know that you're celebrating with us. And so what I decided to do to celebrate this amazing milestone on top of our contest is I went back into Podbean. Podbean is where we host all of our episodes. And I looked at the top 10 episodes that have been been downloaded in the entire uh, time we've been running the Profitable Practice Podcast. And funny enough, I was able to break down each of those episodes into the three pillars of the Maximize Practitioner Method. Foundational Experience, Pillar 1. Business Essentials, which is basically systemizing and um, uh, strategizing and simplifying your business, which is Pillar 2. And then Modernize Marketing, which is Pillar 3. So the next three episodes, including this one, are going to be five, like not five, 10-minute snippets of each of those top downloaded episodes and I'm going to introduce each one. So if you want to jump ahead at any of them, uh, they're going to be basically at the 10-minute segment mark. So the first one is going to be the five habits every high-functioning business owner needs to have. That is episode 87. So we're going to break that down first to warm you up. Then my episode uh, episode with Madeline, episode 80, where she was talking about Madeline Silva. She was talking about um, how to approach medicine when people are really skeptical about medicine and they want to do things themselves and we're fighting against WebMD and Google and all those other things. But she gives some really great tips on how to start engaging your audience, especially in this foundational experience pillar. And then finally, how you can crush your first launch with no expenses and how I made $1,000 in a week. And that's gonna be at the tail end. So as I said, each of these are roughly at the 10 to 15 minute mark from each other. I'm gonna be introducing each segment. We'll have the actual timestamp in the show notes. 
And all you get to do is now sit back and enjoy and listen to these key pieces of the top 10 episodes of the Profitable Practice Podcast of all time. So let's first open with the five most important habits that every high-performing CEO must have. And this came from a live event that I was at. And um, it had Dave Asprey. It had JJ Virgin. It had um, Brendan Burchard was there. And so a lot of this is coming from his book. And um, this was my takeaway from that event. So let's jump into that now. And I cannot tell you how such a small change made such a big difference on how I started my day and how I've been acting in my day. Um, And that was within the first hour of waking, you want to basically keep your phone on airplane mode or at least the very last thing if you do nothing else is do not check your email or any social media platforms. And the reason being is, and I loved this, they said, An email is basically everybody else dictating to you how you should be using your time. And isn't that so true? As soon as you open an email, it's somebody asking you to do something or can I reschedule or can I pick up or can you do this or can you do that? There's no email saying like, go get them today or I have faith in you or be productive or here are the steps for you to take today. Here's your to-do list. So That was very eye-opening to me because I personally have become a massive slave to my emails, and that was like what I was living for. From the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed, I was constantly at everybody else's beck and call. But it was really starting to become an issue around I was constantly at everybody else's beck and call, and I'm just not getting what I wanted to get done done. I'm not being productive. I'm not being focused because I'm always distracted. So do not check your email within the first hour of waking. And what I loved from Dave Asprey is he said, I don't even turn my phone off airplane mode until my kids are dropped off at school. And even just by keeping my phone off or at least not wasting 45 minutes, and you guys know what I mean, on scrolling through social media, um, I am now more present with my kids in the morning and more focused on them and what they need to get done instead of multitasking and always feeling like I'm catching up already within the first like two hours of waking up. And the other reason why social media is such a bad idea to be checking right away is because social media, you're basically now immediately comparing yourself to everybody else. And what kind of a mind frame is that going to put you in? When you see what, oh, look at what, my colleague is doing look at how amazing my colleague is and look at these beautiful pictures and look at what that person has and that person has you're automatically putting yourself right into the hands of just comparisonitis and it's not putting you into that focused productive positive state so no email no social media within the first hour of waking and what a feeling of accomplishment that creates by actually getting things done that were on your to-do list instead of constantly scrambling to fit it back in. So that is a really, really big one. And I personally love this one. And it is so easy that literally after this episode, you can start doing this. And by single-handedly blocking off those first 60 minutes in your day, 
you will increase your productivity by 30%. Like that is a significant increase in how the rest of your day is going to go. So you're going to want to make sure that that is a big one that you do. So another big habit that um, Brendan had talked about was about seeking clarity. And of course, the more clear everything becomes, the easier everything becomes. Now, by clarity, I know in my mind, I am constantly like running through my to-do list in a rapid state. And because of that, because I'm thinking of all the different things that I could be doing, I'm essentially getting nothing done. So I would in the way of clarity for where you're at right now in your business is say, I just want to tackle one item on my to-do list today. So by a simple way to look at clarity is getting very clear on what you want to be focused on today. Another level of clarity would be being very clear about how your business is running. So being very, very clear And also being very clear on where you're spending your time. Because a lot of the people that I'm talking to, a lot of the coaching clients that I have are very busy throughout the day. And I can definitely waste an entire day being busy, but we're not being clear at being productive or doing the projects in our business that matter the most. The ones that are going to have an immediate effect on our bottom line. So you have to be very clear about where you're spending your time as well. And the best part is, is you only have to be spending 60% of your week on the big items that matter the most and 40% on everything else. So it's not like you have to be doing that 80-20 rule. It's just the big high performing people spend 60% of their time every week on those action items that matter the most in their business and have the biggest effect on their bottom line. So another habit was generating energy. And this is the big quote that he loves to say is, a power plant doesn't have energy, it generates it. So us being the power plant, we aren't just manifesting energy and having abundant energy because we exist as humans. We have to generate that energy. And a big topic that came from talking to Mark and JJ and Dave all on the stage at once is was around biohacking and around nutrition and how important it is to start your day. And pretty much all of them agreed with this. Start your day with like a bulletproof coffee, if anything. So intermittent fasting in the morning is a beautiful way to start your day. At lunchtime, have a high fat, high nutritious meal that is full of super greens, healthy oils, avocado, colorful foods with a little bit of protein. And then by dinner time, again, maximize on the colorful foods, the vegetables, and then a side of meat. And the coolest thing that I loved that Dave said was, if you are hungry every two hours, you have massively screwed up on your last meal. You should be eating meals that sustain you for four to six hours easily without even thinking about it. And you know what I mean. When you have a beautiful, nutrient-dense meal, you know when you're like, oh, I didn't even think about food. I didn't even feel that crash this afternoon. I don't even feel like I need to eat. And when you don't do that, when you go long periods of time without eating or you're just snacking on high-carb, high-sugary foods, 
you know you're going to be like, man, I'm constantly hungry. Where's my coffee? What do I need to keep me going? So that is a beautiful way to really reflect on how you are generating energy to sustain your body. And a, a really amazing speaker that I was introduced to is Alex Sharfen. And he is all about hyperhydration. So even in that first 60 minutes of waking, power back like a liter of pure water and try to get about four to six liters of water in throughout the rest of the day. So basically have water at your disposal all over the place so you're constantly filling that thirst need because water is a very subtle signal in the body. So even if you just think about water, you should be drinking it. If you look at your water bottle, you should be drinking it. If you're even thinking about, you know, I haven't had water in a little bit, find a way to get water in you. But it is that subtle of a signal that we can very easily just dismiss it. But it is something that is so vitally important with regards to energizing the system and helping clean the system out. And another thing Dave said, um, Dave Asprey said, is I will not put anything into my body that doesn't charge me. So if you know dairy and wheat are a problem for you and are going to affect you, there is no reason to be putting it into your body if it is going to slow you down and not make you productive. Um, And the other cool thing about generating energy that Brendan mentioned was it's really important for you to be recharging every single hour. In fact, all of the high performers will set a timer for about 50 to 55 minutes. They'll be focused on task doing whatever work it is that they need to get done. They won't get distracted. Then when their alarm goes off, they have five minutes to stretch, to move, to go to the bathroom, to drink more water, to check emails, to do like I would use that time to clean up around the house. And then after the five-minute buzzer goes off, back to work for another 50 to 55 minutes. So another great habit was to develop influence. So if you want to be an influential leader and really show people how amazing you are and create an authority for yourself, you really have to do three of the following things. And this is what other people are influenced by. This is what makes these people in our lives be influential is they teach you how to think. So we don't want somebody just giving us content. We don't want somebody just blurting out like a statement. We want somebody to teach us how to rethink, how to reevaluate our world, how to relook at what it is that we're doing and how we can do it better. These people are also the ones that challenge you. So they're not going to make your life easier. They're going to push you where you don't feel comfortable. They are going to challenge your opinions and your beliefs. And these are the people that will typically influence you because you start evolving differently as a human being. And these are um, the influential people are also the ones that role model the way. So if you want to be an influential person to your tribe, you have to be like walking the walk and showing the way to do what it is that you want these people to do. Okay, so hopefully you loved that little breakdown, hopefully you will start to implement those five habits, just like I did. I I still love that first habit that I talked about where I um, won't look at my phone for the first hour. It's tough though. It's tough to maintain that one, I will definitely say. 
One of my favorite things about doing these recordings and going back in time is I have some episodes that I'm going to be sharing over the next three podcasts that I did at the very, very beginning. And it was so interesting to see the location, to see what I looked like, to remember where I recorded that podcast. Um, And that last one I recorded in my bedroom when I was just so fed up with not having a space to myself. And that was inside like the little bay window in the master bedroom. And that was like really cool to see in my old house. So this next one is now with Madeline Silva, where we are breaking down what those elements are that you need to do to show up. Again, we're in the foundational experience pillar. This is all about um, gaining your confidence, figuring out what type of practitioner you want to be, learning the type of people that you're attracting And so Madeline breaks down the things that you can do, the elements that you can do to really start, you know, including your tribe, finding your tribe, nurturing your tribe, communicating with your tribe. So let's jump into that snippet now. Yeah, so I think there's a couple of different ways that's really shifting patients. One is is that they're way more skeptical of when they walk into somebody's office. It takes a lot, you know, we're all getting bombarded online with all the different messages and sales and patients are as well. And with fake news going on, it's hard to know, you know, what's, what's true, what's not. And, and I think in general, people are more skeptical. So to build that relationship of getting to know somebody um, that they trust you, you need to really create what I call the empowered patient journey, the Mm -hmm. way to actually walk patients into your practice and building that, level of trust along that journey so the challenge a lot of times is that that in the past we used to be able to just somebody referred their family member or colleague or friend and they immediately would pick up the phone and walk into your office mm-hmm. a lot of times. and they were ready to sign up you know you talk to them you seem knowledgeable you, you know you'd obviously had your nice diploma on the wall and that was enough authority and and knowledge expertise for them to go okay yeah i'm going to try this out i you know i want to do this and these days i think it's just much harder to convert even referrals or if you do a speaking gig you know it's harder to get people into your practice and so what i call these one touch marketing events mm-hmm. where people are you know going out doing a speaking gig maybe do a health fair maybe you do a patient appreciation day in your office Whatever those one-touch things, it's really hard to convert people or patients from potential patient to a paying patient in those models. Mm -hmm. And so how do you really build a relationship with a patient long before they walk into your practice? That becomes a key component. And with 80% of adults now researching health concerns online, like you were just talking about, walking in with a folder (laughs) underneath their arm, already kind of prepped with what's going on with them. Right. It's like scared, right? Or, or patients just getting overwhelmed with the information that's out there, not necessarily knowing how to sort through everything that's mm-hmm. available online. And and so, how do you connect with them in a way that that really creates that? And so I so we utilize online a lot. I recommend utilize online. I recommend utilizing Facebook a lot because I think it's very accessible, mm-hmm. it's easy to utilize, you don't have to be super tech savvy, and there are ways where you can really do it without spending money on ads, without wasting hours in front of the computer, mm-hmm. without having to be super tech savvy or taking time away from your family on night and weekends. 
and that you can really work marketing in in a very strategic way around your own schedule. And so I'm happy to walk your listeners through yeah. if that would be helpful. Yeah, and I wrote down a few notes as we were going through what you were just describing. And I think talking about the empowered patient journey is really important. How do we give these people quick wins before they actually become patients in our office? Right? It's a challenge, right? And so I think one of the ways that, that we help health professionals do that is one is to start getting yourself in front of people. So that's mm-hmm. number one. So the old days, you know, and you can do that going going to meetups. I love utilizing Facebook, like I said, mostly because it's so time efficient and cost efficient. Yes. And so a lot of times we do Facebook Lives, which I think is a great way of positioning yourself online and sharing your expertise and sharing tips, health tips mm-hmm. with people. Uh, and other really great ways to interview other health professionals or other health professionals uh, uh, authorities in the yes. community, especially if you have a local brick and mortar business, uh, to do interviews online on Facebook Live. Again, it exposes you, it positions you as an expert with the other experts. It exposes you to a, to a much larger audience. And if you're shy and you, you're a little bit nervous about going online on a Facebook Live, uh, then I think interviews is a really great way because it's like this, right? We're just sitting right. down and having a nice conversation and hanging out. So it's friendly, it's easy. And so that's number one. Number two is to then have a call to action of really engaging with them, maybe in a community. So like I said, 80% of adults are now looking online, searching for communities and questions on, and answers to their health concerns and questions online. So creating an online community where these people can actually step in and where you are coaching them and supporting them. And again, we don't want to get into too far into like uh, what we are uh, passing problems with the HIPAA laws, of course. Of right? course, yes. But, but sharing tips and advice and recommendations and articles and, you know, what happens, maybe some success stories from your own practice so that people start seeing the social proof of the work that you actually do in your office. So that's step number two. Uh, then step number three is really engage with them in, in some way. I love doing online challenges, just like five day online yeah. challenges in a way that you can really engage people. They get quick results with you. They get a more intimate engagement with you. And, and from there, you can do a smaller offer. Now, now what I call the tiny offer. I refer to it as the, you know, the pink little spoon you get when you go to the ice cream parlor. Right. And you're way more likely to, you know, buy the three cones with a sherry on top after you tasted it. Right. Right. And that's like a tiny offer. And a tiny offer could be a free consultation. It could be a lecture. Um, you know, it, it could be maybe lab tests if that's something that you offer in your practice or maybe some, you know, other diagnostic testing mm-hmm. that you offer as a way of them just to kind of get the next step with you and engage with you in, in a more impactful way. And from there, then lead them into their packages. So it's a longer journey. Yeah. But, but it's an incredibly powerful way of structuring your marketing and and also all of those one touch marketing strategies that I talked about before, like the speaking gigs can now lead in yes. to the Facebook group and then the challenge and then the tiny offer. So that yeah. you now have a bucket. It's not like you out there, um, you know, fishing with a line out in the wide ocean, right. you know, actually have your own pond and you have a net to yes. bring people into your practice. So it changes the dynamic quite, uh, you know, quickly and easily. I love that. And it's so simple. And, and there's a few things that pop into my mind. So as I'm listening to, to anybody that I interview, 
I'm learning, I'm being inspired, I'm, and then I'm thinking of questions. So the first thing that I thought of um, was, well, what about on my website? So I personally recommend all of my coaching clients have at least three different calls to action on their website, like along a widgets bar on the right hand side, that's always available. Mm -hmm. So even, um, you know, with people going to our website and checking us out, what are some great touch points that we can start offering there to again, flow into this um, empowered patient journey, so to speak? Yeah, so the number one thing would be to get them into a community. So if you have a Facebook group, to get them into that community, that should be your number one call to action. Okay. Because what happens, once somebody gets into your Facebook community, there's a tremendous amount of social proof in there for you and who you are. Yes. Once you've got to have all of your current patients in there, all of your raving fans in there, people who love the work that you do, who's got a tremendous amount of value and transformation, from you know your services will be in there talking about you yeah and talking about you and engaging with you so instant social proof instant credibility and it makes people also want to be part of a community there's something that happens I think you know the empowered patient journey I think one of the most powerful thing that it does is that it, it gets people really committed to your mission and passion for the work that you do like they actually get to be part of a bigger picture of why you are doing the work that you do in the world. And and I think that people want to be part of a movement. People want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Totally. And you provide that as well. I, a question that popped into my head was, well, what if I don't have enough people yet to start a Facebook community? Like, I don't want to have a Facebook community that's like 10 people because it makes me look really silly, right? Like I don't have any followers. So for those people that are just starting out in business or starting out their practice or their um, online business or whatever it is, what do you say to those people? Like creating the community is great, but if I don't have anybody in there, if there's like five people, you know, what do I do about that? Yeah. So that's a great question. So I think the number one thing, like I talk about doing Facebook lives, I mean, the reason I am a big proponent of Facebook lives is because I think it once you're on video, uh, people really get to know you. Yeah. Right? Like once they see you on video, they get to see you, your mannerism, the way you speak. There's an instant like, oh, I like her or, you know, or I don't know, like, I don't yeah. know, you talk with a weird accent or whatever it yeah. is, right? They, they said instant likability. So it's one of the fastest way of building credibility and, and having people trust who you are and get to know you. So that's why I recommend doing it. And I think if you do that consistently on Facebook, I would say two to three times a week, mm -hmm. and you have to not do long, three to five minutes, it's plenty, and really give a good cool tip, introduce yourself, share who you are. And you can even start this, like even if you're a student right now and you're thinking about starting your practice, you can actually document your whole journey. Sure. Uh, your practice on Facebook Live and building your community even long before you even launch your practice. And then from there, again, introducing them into your group. Yes. So you, and I would just recommend that you spend at least 30 days just educating people on your expertise before mm -hmm. you start moving them into your group. And a really simple, super low-cost way of getting a little extra boost and a little extra visibility from your videos is just to spend maybe $5, with, you know, for one day, every time you do a Facebook yep. Live, boost it. Yeah. And for 24 hours for the community, and of course, set the parameters around the community. You know, if you have a local business that you reach to people in your area. Yeah. 
And that is a very simple way. You can reach hundreds, even thousands of people each time you do a video, just doing those simple tricks. I agree. And so, so I find getting comfortable with Facebook advertising can be very scary for a lot of us, but boosted posts can absolutely help to drive everything online without spending, you know, hundreds of dollars a day. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, what about just if, if I'm not ready to do Facebook lives yet, I'm not ready to start a community yet, but I want to create some other um, downloads, some calls to action, again, either connected to a social media post or on my website. What are some successful ones that you've seen with your clients that you've worked with? Yeah, so I just did a five-day challenge, actually, of how to go from unknown to expert and not utilizing Facebook lives, but just really how to position yourself as an expert on Facebook very easily by simple posts. And so let me walk you through. So I have a three-step Facebook success formula that I teach people. And I think number one is to really clarify, uh, you know, who you're going to help and your messaging. Because I think what makes messaging and communicating out in the world so powerful is if you have that mission and that passion, that common theme is like strung through all your messaging. If you, again, do that popcorn yeah. uh, version where you're talking about, you know, all like there's no real theme that ta that connects the two, people kind of get lost. And yes. You get lost in the sea of all the other healthcare providers. But if you can get really specific and you get really clear about who you help and what you do for those people, and, and again, this is not like you don't have to get married with this idea for forever. You can try it out for 30 days and just educate people for 30 days on that theme. So that's number one, clarifying. Number two is educating. So I said educating people on your expertise in that one specific area for at least 30 days. And you do that by sharing posts, by, um, you know, sharing quotes, maybe an article that you wrote, mm -hmm. all different kinds of ideas. And, and I actually have a, the challenge that, um, I just did. It's over, but I'm making the whole five day challenge available to anybody who listens. It's available to anybody here. It's, it's, that's a special, special thing for podcasts listeners only so i just want to let you guys know so you can just take it and it literally it's like seven to 15 minute videos awesome with with quick little assignments daily that you can just walk yourself through this whole process so number two is educating and number three is to make that tiny offer yes right to have them do that little step and that again it could be a free consultation in your office yes yeah you know, get people in and get them connected with you now to have some experience all right. Hopefully you were taking some notes there. Hopefully you're warming up to the idea of using social media a little bit more strategically, maybe opening up a Facebook group or managing your group differently. Now we're on to the last snippet. This is episode 24, so way back at the very beginning. And I distinctly remember this entire experience. This was my very first time ever launching an online program and using like online techie things, creating an email sequence, adding tags, using um, Infusionsoft, and kind of taking the trainings that I'd had from James Wedmore with Business by Design at that point, and actually launching it to my list. And I made a thousand bucks by the end of that week. So I share every little piece step-by-step step with you in this next clip. So if you are thinking about how can I bring on some quick cash flow, how can I 
Um, test out the waters without spending a ton. How can I launch something for the first time? This is definitely where you need to get your pen and pencil out. I go through every single piece in detail. And of course, you can listen to the entire episode. Again, it's episode 24. But let's jump into that now. So when it comes to a launch, a launch is typically made up of two phases. The pre-launch phase, which lasts about two weeks, and then the launch phase. And it's during the launch phase where the cart will open and it ends when the cart closes. So by cart open, that's when you can start accepting sales. And when the cart closes, this is when sale exception is completely done and the program is about to start. So usually you close the cart a few days before your program is actually gonna start. So the pre-launch is all about generating buzz. And I started my pre-launch April 4th and it went until April 18th. And I started simply by sending out some gentle feelers to my email list stating, I have a program that's coming up. It's going to do X solutions to your healthy eating problems. It's full of family-friendly meals and it's totally done for you. If you're interested, click here. And I sent that out just a few times to collect some emails from people that were genuinely interested already. And that way I could segment them away from the rest of my newsletter group. So as I continued to promote the launch and continue to promote the program, I wasn't bothering people who weren't interested to begin with, because that's very poor form and you're really gonna get a lot of unsubscribes if you do things like that. I also took a few hours in Canva and canva.com is a totally free image creator website and I created about eight different images that I used throughout my pre-launch period to promote the live webinar that I was gonna host on the first day of my launch. And my launch week was from April 18th to April 22nd. And so I pre-scheduled all of these image posts on CoSchedule and you can use Hootsuite for free and made sure that with each visual post, I also included really engaging text. So that would get more and more people to want to register for my webinar. And by the end of that two week period, I had over 200 people register for the webinar. And when I actually launched that on April 18th, I did it using Webinar Jam. So I already have EverWebinar. EverWebinar allows me to run what's called an evergreen funnel. So I record a webinar once and I launch it and it just keeps launching over and over again. But what Webinar Jam does is it allows you to do it live. And again, I didn't want to pay for it before trying it first. So I opted in for their free 30-day trial. And it was within that free 30-day trial that I included my webinar launch so that I could kind of play around with it a little bit. And let me tell you guys, I've never done a webinar before in my entire life. And it is weird, just like I'm doing my podcast right now, where you're talking to people that you don't know how they're responding to what you're saying because you're basically just talking to yourself in a room to your computer and hoping that people are laughing when you want them to. And the only sneaky part about the webinar is typically you're pitching something at the end. So you also want to gauge the temperature of the audience, but you can't do that necessarily on a webinar because you can't see them. So I was a nervous wreck for the entire week leading up to the live webinar and I 
wrote and rewrote my entire script under every single slide and printed out the 22 pages that was necessary so I could read my script word for word during the webinar so I didn't mess up. And I mean, nobody could see me anyways because I only showed the slides on my screen. Um, but it was this whole process I knew was just sort of to get the training wheels off and just go for it. So by the end of the webinar, I opened up my cart so I could start taking sales and I sold four programs at the end with the webinar discount of $47. Now what I said was this course is normally 77. Because you've shown up and been with me throughout this entire webinar, I'm gonna give it to you for $47 but that's only for today and tomorrow because I was gonna do the um, webinar replay. And so that initiated a sense of urgency. So right off the hop, I sold four by the end of the webinar. And I also wanna make very clear that not all people who registered for my webinar even showed up. Actually, there was only 30 people that were on at any one given time. And that's totally normal. And so this is something that I know frustrates a lot of people because you put so much effort into launching something and you feel like barely anybody shows up. Now, if there's one thing that I've learned time and time again from James Wedmore's coaching is that there's only about 20% of people that will actually show up to a webinar or to your email sequence or whatever. And of those 20%, only 10% will actually buy what it is that you're selling. So this is where repetition comes into play and this is where volume comes into play. So as you get better, you repeat these programs, let's say seasonally, like I'm gonna do with this 14-day clean eating challenge. I'm gonna do it every April now, every September, and every January. And the more and more people that go through it, the more I'm likely going to be able to sell it. So the other thing to understand, and this was what I was told by all three of the coaches that I was working with, is the power is in the follow-up. So it's never about the webinar, it's never about the free download, it's never about anything like that, it's always in the follow-up. And that's why your launch period is seven days and not just one night where you host the webinar and then you close everything down. So I sent out the webinar replay the following day and had actually another 200 people register to watch that replay. So now I had 400 people that were going through my launch funnel. And um, what I did was I set up so that each day these people received an email. And this is why it's so important to have an automated emailing sequence so you can get all the emails prepared ahead of time and then you just kind of let the machine do what it needs to do. And so what these emails consisted of were, again, hammering home the main solutions to their healthy eating problems and how the course was gonna help solve it, how easy it was, how they didn't even have to prepare meals for the next 14 days. And the first three days I um, had it, sorry, I had it for 47 on the webinar, I had it for 47 the next day, and then the price increased to $67 by day three. And that was because again, I wanted to reward people for fast acting. What I did then was by day four, I actually added in a last minute bonus. 
So my friends, um, or my one friend has a downloadable book called Stop Exercising the Way You're Doing It Now. So I asked, could I use that PDF as a bonus to get more people to buy even though it's not at a completely discounted rate. It was 67 from the original 77. Then I also asked Samantha if I could use her three-day juice cleanse and recipe guide also as a bonus. So this is very important as well is that you don't want to be creating new content if you don't have to. Ask the people around you if you can leverage any of their free downloads or their free whatevers and use that as bonuses to entice the last couple days of sales because my launch period was really only five days. So by the last day, it was coming down to the crunch. So they were going to get the course for still $10 off. Everyone was going to get the bonuses who had bought prior and who was buying at the very end. But the other thing to always remember about people is they love to procrastinate. And so I actually didn't sell um, any more programs until the last four hours before the cart closed. So always remember that you never want to stop pushing until the very last minute during your launch period. There's always money to be found on the table and most people really need to feel the urgency of that last five minutes, that fear of missing out sort of thing before they don't have an option anymore. So in the end, I sold 12 programs and as I said, it grossed me about $1,000. I think the total was $990 or something like that. And the reason why I wanted to share this with you today is because this is something you literally can do this month to generate some relatively easy extra cash towards your practice. Okay, this has been amazing. Tons of information. I know it's a long episode, but again, you can jump back into any of these little snippet points wherever you want to. What we're going to be embarking on over the next episode is everything business essentials. So this is going to be about business mindset, strategy, tactical things, and a lot of it is around planning and money, uh, smart money making decisions, smart saving and planning decisions. So that's going to be the next episode. And then the final episode is on modernized marketing, which is going to be probably one of my favorites because I love all things marketing, messaging, copywriting. And so you're going to want to stay tuned for those. Make sure that you are putting these episodes on automatic download. And of course, celebrate this milestone with me. Let me know that you've been listening. Let me know your favorite takeaways from the podcast. Enter our contest, which means you just tag someone on the specific tiles in Instagram and then leave a review and share a picture with me. And I will make sure that you are added to our half day intensive happening in July. Four hours of hot seat strategy planning training. Um, And also just like, just share with me that you're listening. I want to know that you're loving this too, because we are just getting this party started. Reach out to me in any capacity. Book a 30-minute one-on-one call with me to see if we are the right fit for each other, how I can support you, and basically just keep those lines of communication open. I will see you on the next episode. This is Andrea, and I'm out. If you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe so you are notified when a new episode is posted. Leave a review and drop me a message on Instagram at Andrea MaximND as I love hearing from you. 
Just so you know, we also host the video version of most of our episodes on maximizedbusiness.ca. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you on the next episode.